Welcome to the Baringa Energy Explainer podcast, a supplement to our Energy Innovators podcasts. Through our Explainer podcasts, we aim to explore at a more fundamental level a key theme discussed in one of our client-facing podcasts. We hope that this provides some valuable context and clarification of those more in-depth conversations with our clients for listeners who might not be highly involved in that area of the industry. We'll be talking today about flexibility, looking in particular to demystify what we mean when we talk about power system flexibility, why it's such an important theme within the wider context of the energy transition and the role of different participants in the evolution of the flexibility market. My name is Matt Hattam. I'm an analyst in Beringa's energy and resources practice, and I'm joined today by two of our experts in the flexibility space, Jamie Gillespie and Sam Angwin. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Great to have you on board. If you could just kick us off maybe with a quick intro about yourselves and your background, and then, yeah, we'll get that, we'll, we'll dive into the topic. Cool, I can kick off. So um, I'm Sam Angwin, as, as Matt said. I am um, a manager in our energy practice. I uh, have worked in kind of flexibility, as it were, for about five years or so. A um, couple of years in industry and then in within Beringa have focused on that in, in my work. I work on the kind of market side, so look at um, kind of look at the value of of four flexible assets in the market. Um, yeah, and do a lot of work on kind of asset valuations and commercial due diligence for for battery storage, gas peakers, uh, and kind of aggregator business models. Great. Thanks, Sam. Hi, I'm Jamie Gillespie. Um, I'm also a manager in our energy practice. Um, also been been working in, in power and renewables for about five years. Um, I do a lot of work uh, in flexibility mostly helping our clients to set up their businesses to participate in flexibility and to make money from flexibility. Um, so I help clients to develop the right propositions for their clients or for their customers. Um, and then I help them to set up their businesses with the right capabilities um, to participate in the markets that we're going to discuss and, and to make money from flexibility. Fantastic. Thanks, Jamie. So look, we're here to talk about all things flexibility today. And I mean, it's such an important topic I think to get our heads around when we come to think about the future of the power system. So let, let's let's kick off with the basics. Guys, I've previously heard the power power system flexibility described as yoga for the electricity grid. Now, I, I was hoping we could maybe get a bit more technical today, but just as a first question, um, if you were explaining flexibility in a sentence or two to someone who wasn't directly involved in this industry, uh, how would you go about describing it? Good question. Um, I think in its purest sense, it's a change in generation or demand in response to a an external signal of some kind, either a, a physical kind of signal or a commercial signal. So perhaps a change in price. Um, but it, it's basically the ability to change your your consumption or your or your generation. Yeah, I think I think that is the definition. I mean, if we you know, when people say flexibility in this industry, they're, they're broadly referring to three things, I think. So the first thing is it's a group of assets that can change the amount of electrical power they produce or consume okay. on demand. The second thing is it's um, the markets and revenue opportunities that incentivize the owners of those assets to do so. 
And then the third thing is it's the business models and capabilities that connect those assets with the markets and revenue opportunities. So basically when people say flexibility, um, I think they can be referring to any or all of those areas. No, that's really useful. Thanks, guys. Um, I think I think we should definitely leave the yoga analogy behind now. Then. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so what we're saying basically is that flexibility, in essence, is the ability of the power system to react to fluctuating levels of, of supply and demand. So let's unpack that a bit further now. Sam, flexibility seems to be such a buzzword when we think about decarbonizing power. Could you maybe provide a bit of context around the role of flexibility in the transition to a low carbon electricity system and why is it so important at this particular moment in time? Yeah, good question. I guess we can take a bit of a step back and think about what the system used to look like and, and kind of where it's going. And so, yeah, going back a few years, a couple of decades, almost all power was generated by large centralized fossil fuel power stations and um, they they were there to provide the bulk of the energy that we needed as, as kind of well the bulk of the electricity that we needed as um as a system but also they could meet they were kind of sized to meet the peak capacity demand but also kind of annually um and they were able to modulate their output to 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 basically provide this the system flexibility so they could kind of during the day ramp up and down uh, through the morning and then into the evening and, and kind of uh keep the system in balance and then we've we've kind of embarked on this decarbonization journey so we've built a load of renewables which um have displaced a lot of the bulk energy that those were that those power stations were providing um, and that's driven down uh the ability of those those power stations those large centralized fossil fuel power stations to earn um, profit on that bulk energy. That's put some of their business cases under pressure and it's led to kind of retirements, I suppose, in um, some of the firm capacity, some of that that kind of reliable um, reliable capacity that, that, that meets the peak, but that also provides the system flexibility. So in, in kind of decarbonizing our system, we have we have we have kind of forced a load of fossil fuel power stations to, to consider well to go offline and to consider closing um and we need to replace them with something and and you know the market is is kind of aligning around that being a combination of kind of peaking plant so kind of short duration running um generators and energy storage demand response um and then that sort of sort of sort of thing thanks sam that's that's really helpful background so it, it sounds like there's a there's also tension then at the moment between on the one hand You've got greater demand for flexibility to manage the growing volumes of variable renewable energy coming onto the grid. And on the other, you've got diminishing ability to meet that demand through the traditional means, i.e. your your large fossil fuel generators. That That's really interesting. And you, you mentioned there the worsening economics of the large centralised plants. So this brings us on quite nicely to the business case for flexible assets. Jamie, could you maybe give us an overview of where the monetization opportunities exist in flexibility nowadays yeah if you want to make money from flexibility you know the first thing you need is is flexible assets so these can be relatively large assets that exist specifically to make money from flexibility um so as sam you know talked about peaking plant um we've got engines we've got large grid connected batteries you know things that people have bought because they want flexible power assets 
or they can be distributed what we tend to call demand side assets that may exist for other reasons but they can still change their generation or consumption and therefore can be considered flexible so we've got you know demand side response so that could be industrial processes um we've got things like small batteries we've got you know as we as we look to the future electric vehicles um something that we're considering for this so there's there's a range of assets um and the first thing you need is to have access to those assets and then when we think about the revenue opportunities for flexibility um they broadly fit into three categories so the first obvious one is is the buying and selling of energy so the price of electrical energy on the wholesale markets is set according to firstly the technologies that are generating it and then secondly the balance of supply and demand at a given time and that price varies throughout the day so if we take kind of the an energy market where most of the generation is from coal gas nuclear um you know that firm capacity that that sam talked about then the balance of supply and demand is relatively easy to predict but when you introduce intermittent renewables uh, wind and solar then prediction becomes harder and prices start to fluctuate throughout the day as the amount of wind and solar on the system changes um, and this creates volatile prices and what flexible assets can do is they can respond to these prices to sell when they rise or buy when they fall um, and they can make money that way the next category of revenue opportunities is focused around providing the system with what it needs to remain stable so you know th this can also be you know the production or consumption of energy um, in the uk we have a, a balancing mechanism whereby flexible assets offer to turn up or turn down for a price and they're instructed to do so depending on what the system needs at a given time um, and we also have what are typically called ancillary services where flexible assets are selling their capability to respond to certain events or instructions um, usually in a in a contracted manner and then the third the third kind of category of revenue opportunities is charge avoidance um, so generators and consumers of electrical energy need to pay charges for use of the network or participation in the market and some of these charges are time dependent so if you've got flexible assets then you can concentrate your generation or consumption at the right times to minimize or avoid those charges um, and if we take kind of the combination of those three areas um, and the markets and products which which sit in those three areas then that's broadly speaking um, you know the, the revenue opportunity for for flexible assets fantastic thanks jamie that that's a fantastic overview um so so i think what we're saying then you, you've got your sort of three main ways to to earn money as a flexible asset you've got your buying and selling uh of energy when when price is volatile you've got um services that you offer to the, the electricity grid and then you have your um your charge avoidance revenues so i, I suppose the the follow-on question from that then sam would be how how is the flexibility market developed over time in what way have the monetization strategies of flex asset operators evolved uh, over the last few years so i guess in the in the early days when people were first um first kind of getting started with the opportunity they were focusing on you uh, on making the most of some of these kind of system these fixed system charges that uh that, that they could run for which they were very predictable um yeah and and kind of enabled them to earn revenue by by just operating um to maximize their their opportunity on the system charge front and they were topping up the revenues with um 
with with revenue that they could get from long longer term contracted services with the central system operator national grid and that combination was uh typically yeah the, the contracting and the forecasting was longer term over time there was a there was kind of increasing competition from from market participants and which which kind of led to quite a lot of um price kind of uh price reductions in some of those particular and some of those services um and and that shifted the focus towards uh optimizing um dispatch in the in the wholesale markets as jamie was saying so so kind of picking uh picking to to kind of charge or um perhaps charge a storage asset overnight when prices are low and so making money yeah from kind of optimizing in the wholesale markets and that that's been a that's been a general shift so from from kind of earnings from fixed system charges and and centralized system services on a longer term basis towards more real-time optimization um in the wholesale markets and, and the balancing mechanism okay interesting thanks Sam. so it seems like quite a significant shift then we, we, we've seen basically a in, increasingly saturated markets in some of those grid balancing services competing prices downwards and therefore creating a growing reliance on the wholesale market for revenues fantastic so it, it'd be really good to get an overview of who some of these key players are in in the flexibility space who's been active in this market and and how has this changed in recent times yeah of course yeah so, so some of the early movers which who were who were focusing on these um on these kind of centralized longer term contracted services were the aggregators they were um they were generally startups smaller um you know small organizations that were contracting directly with owners of flexible assets um and and basically providing them a route to market to to basically national grid or or um you know centralized parties that needed these services um over time as that value has shifted from those markets and towards real-time optimization in in wholesale there's been a bit of a strategic choice for a lot of them and they've had to decide to go down either the route of becoming kind of fully licensed suppliers able to buy and sell um energy on the wholesale market which has with it you know a number of of um challenges in terms of uh compliance and and all sorts of um yeah, capability um or they have uh, some of them have sort of pivoted their models a bit to acting as more uh, service providers to existing uh, suppliers and off-takers. So, yeah, I think I think there's a, they, they, it kind of started out with the aggregators and they have then sort of separated into broadly two groups, that the ones that have stayed in the market and who still work directly with customers, um, and then the ones who have become more service provider type um, type organisations who work with the incumbents. Great, thanks, Sam. Um, j- just quickly, you touched there on the route to market services offered by these providers. Could could you just expand quickly upon what what we mean when we talk about uh, route to market services? Yeah, so route to market services are are for um, owners of typically smaller assets um, who don't necessarily want to go to the extent of building a a large internal capability to optimize and access all of uh, all of the markets that they need to to be able to you know maximize their the value from their assets so they, they go to specialized organizations who provide those services for them sort of 
take control, I guess, of the assets, uh, tender them into the services they need to buy and sell their energy for them on the, on the markets, and uh, and basically provide a kind of yeah a, a holistic service to to monetize the assets for them, so that the asset owners can focus on on kind of on on the asset ownership part of their business, as it were. Perfect. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks, Sam. And 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 Jamie, um, Sam mentioned the these incumbents just, just then. How how exactly have the incumbents entered the flexibility market? It's a good question. Um, yeah. So as as Sam said, you know the early days of flexibility, um, the organisations that we term the aggregators were kind of the leaders in the market, and um, and the incumbents were less involved in flexibility. Um, over time, that's changed a bit. The, the aggregators still lead certain areas, but the incumbents are definitely much more involved. Um, and I suppose the, the reasons for that, um, firstly, you know, as, as Sam said um, in his description around route to market, um, as the value of flexible assets has, has transitioned towards wholesale revenues um, and participation in the balancing mechanism, um, a key reason for the incumbents entering is is basically because they have the capability to participate in those markets. They have a trading desk. Um, they participate in wholesale markets and balancing mechanism for their other assets. Um, and they can therefore provide access to all of the revenue streams associated with flexibility, whereas some of the smaller aggregators, depending on their strategy, um, possibly could only provide a subset of those revenues. Um, and then the second reason, you know, if we're talking more about small distributed assets, is that it's what their customers want. Um, if a large incumbent energy company has lots of supply customers, particularly um, business supply customers who have access to flexibility and who want to um, to make money from that flexibility or to use that flexibility to kind of bolster their green credentials, um, then the the large incumbent energy suppliers need to react to that. And, and we've definitely seen a lot of that as well. Um, so I think those are the two reasons. Firstly, they have the capability to, to access those revenue streams. And then secondly, they have the customer base, which contains assets um, that people want to use for flexibility. That's really interesting. So I suppose it's two points then. It's sort of that development of, of new commercial propositions and then building in those capabilities to manage their assets across different revenue streams. And, and therefore generate value. And finally then, just trying to tie this into the fascinating conversation we had last week with Devrim Chalal, uh, CEO of Upside Energy. Uh, they're a firm that really looked to be operating at the forefront of innovation in, in this area, so it was a great chat with him. Could you just explain where firms like Upside fit into the flexibility landscape and, and the role that they'll, they'll play both now and in the future? Yeah, sure. Um... So I think if we think back to what Sam said um, about the development of the aggregator organizations over the last sort of five to 10 years, um, we reached a point where we needed access to a larger number of revenue streams to make money from flexibility. And at that point, some of the aggregators went down the route of getting a supply license um, and participating in those markets themselves. And some aggregators went down the route of transitioning their business model to being a platform which enables either incumbents or new participants in the market to um, to make money from flexibility and upside largely falls into that second category so what they've done they've done really well is they've taken their understanding of the market 
um, and they've created a platform which they can essentially, you know, plug into other organizations who want to offer flexibility propositions to bolster their capabilities. Um, you know, Upside have been in the market for several years. They understand how to connect to assets. They understand how to manage data. They understand how to make automated decisions. And so they've been partnering um, with, with energy companies to provide this capability for them and underpin the commercial propositions that are offered by these companies. Thanks, Jamie. That's great. Definitely well worth a listen to that conversation with Devrim from Upside Energy when, when you get the opportunity. And hoping that today's explainer on flexibility provides some valuable context to our listeners for that discussion in terms of uh, why we need flexibility, how the flexibility market has developed over time, and the role that flexibility platforms like Upside play in facilitating these ongoing developments. Jamie and Sam, great to have you on the pod today. Thanks so much for joining us and for offering your insights into the flexibility space. If you've just tuned into the Beringa Explainer podcast on flexibility, we'd highly recommend that you have a listen to our conversation with Devrim Chilal, CEO of Upside Energy. Devrim provides some invaluable insights into the direction he thinks the flexibility market is taking and the role that Upside and similar flex platforms will play in its development. Please hit the subscribe button to keep up to date with our latest podcast releases and hear more from Beringa and our energy innovators. If you have a question or comment about the podcast or would like to learn more about Beringa, please email us at energypodcast at or visit the website linked in the podcast bio.